This is the Scoop Slam Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are here once again going over Raw, going over some rumors. It's another episode of the Scoop Slam Podcast. I'm coming to you now 21 years old. It was my birthday this past weekend, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, too. And some big AEW news has come out. Um, so, you know, regarding Mr. Phil Brooks, a personal favorite on this show. But before we get too far into anything, I want to present our co-host. It's Ryan. Whoa, Michael. Always great to be here with you, man. Uh, ready to scoop it, slam it, and um, yeah, get, get into a little AEW rumors and... Uh... And news. We'll wrap it up and put a bow on it. Wait, are you signing off right now? <laughs> no, 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 not yet, not yet. <laughs> we got a little bit of raw and some other mess to get through first. About to say, you cut my segment, brother. Y'all run? <laughs> Sorry, I'm... this this mustache guy just handed me this script and said we got to cut this segment out. Those bastards. <laughs> Well, um, as I mentioned earlier, and as we talked about a little bit on the last episode, this was my 21st birthday this past weekend. So me and the wife and a good buddy of mine that works down at Disney uh, went down for my 21st birthday, and it was a good time. Uh, We went Friday and Saturday. So Friday, we did Animal Kingdom and Epcot. And oh my God, my feet had blisters on blisters it was man that's a lot of walking i looked at my iphone we did twenty thousand steps in one day eight miles something like that you're better with math than me probably oh not at all bro you the you the one you the one working on like important government stuff at your job i mean i'm just i'm just a lowly old retail employee Hey, well, that's how we met. Don't hate on the retail employees. You're right. You're right. Well, did you? Am I hearing this right? You went to Epcot and you didn't watch SmackDown on Friday. Well, uh, you know the time <laughs> slips away. Oh, you didn't look your wife in her eyes and say, "Hey, we can't go out tonight." Hey, we got Friday night SmackDown. You didn't say that, Micah. You didn't do that for the viewers, the listeners. Well, we weren't reviewing it. Unless you're out. Oh, did you watch Dynamite? Hmm? (laughs) Exactly. That's beside the point, man. Okay, man. So, what's Saturday go like? Um, it was really good. Uh, we did Hollywood Studios on Saturday, and uh, I will say on Friday we did the Avatar place, which is an Animal Kingdom blue Avatar, not Avatar the Last Airbender. And um, it was really cool. And I will say that if you like Star Wars or if you've ever seen any of them, that's something you should definitely check out because just the immersion there is really cool. Like all the people have to wear you know certain costumes and they have to talk a certain way and um even like the coke bottles are custom for galaxy's edge so it's just a really neat experience this weekend now we're back to reality talking about professional wrestling yeah what'd you do this weekend you had a weekend off 
then kind of sat around. Watch a little NBA playoffs. Watch a lot of NBA playoffs, actually. And you know, man, I just I just be kicking it for real. Yeah. Well, I just go in NBA basketball. I'm not gonna lie to you, Mike. This is games every single hour on the weekends. Well, let me ask you this, because uh, if you haven't picked it up by now, um, we're both Laker fans. Well, you're a LeBron fan. I'm a Laker fan. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a Lakers bandwagoner. Yeah. Wherever he goes, you go. But um, if it's not the Lakers as your favorite, who do you think is going to win it this year? I'm going to soft spot the Kings, man. I want them to go far. Um if we lose, which I don't think we will lose in the first round, I kind of want the Kings to shock everybody. They've been a franchise, a poverty franchise for a long time. Oh, they God. missed the playoffs for 18 straight years, and this is their first time back in the playoffs. Cause, so I want them to do some good things. Like they got the a very likable team. Light the bean, bro. Just light it. And get those dirty, no-good warriors out of here. <laughs> oh, man. You ain't got a love for Steph. No, no, Steph's okay, but Draymond's a bum. Get him out the league. <laughs> okay, I need, I need you to explain to me what happened the other night because I wasn't watching. Did he really step on Demontis Sabonis? No, straight curb stomp. You would think <laughs> Seth was out there, or he just like you. Have, you know what Finn Balor's finishing move, right? Yeah, the coup de gras. You, you would have thought he was Finn Balor from the top rope, bro. Demontis Sabonis just trying to cover his head up from that wild man, Draymond Green. And then Draymond do, does those unbasketball like theatrics and stomps on Demontis Sabonis's chest, and then he he blames it on Sabonis. Why that piece of garbage? And then no, and then he tried to play Hulk Hogan on the on the sidelines while they were reviewing the play, riling up the crowd, holding cuffing his his hand to his ears. Man, like a clown out there. I hate Draymond. So what did he did he like? score and he kind of like stomped kind of like that one time Harden like you know <laughs> swung his arm and like punched the rep or something <laughs> no, that was that was Ron Artest he, he's celebrating the and one and he accidentally elbowed Harden oh okay but but no Draymond and Sabonis were battling for a rebound and I guess they got tipped out and neither one of them got it and they both came to the ground because they were still like locked arms and stuff and Draymond kind of fell on Sabonis, and from a certain angle, it may look like Sabonis grabbed Draymond's arm. Not arm, but leg. Okay, that's fine. That's not a basketball play either, but it certainly didn't deserve a, a coup de grace from Draymond <laughs> to Sabonis's chest, man. It's an unbasketball-like play. Well, I don't know. I didn't see it, but I know he's out for the next game. But light the beam. I'd be all right with the Kings winning, but it would be kind of funny if once again they had their great team in Sacramento and the Lakers were there to cut them back down. Yeah, if we lose, man, sack town. I'm a bandwagoner. Bandwagoner? Yeah. I'm a bandwagon fan for Sacramento if Los Angeles loses. Well, earlier you mentioned your weekend being taken up uh, with NBA basketball, but there might be something else taking up your weekend here in the future, and we'll go ahead and segue to our rumors part of the show. AEW Collision is reportedly 
a new show that AEW is looking to debut on Saturdays. This is a report from Wrestle News Co. Um, it was originally reported by Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast in March that AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery were closing in on a deal to add a third AEW show similar to Rampage, indicating an hour series and teased it could air on Saturday nights. AEW did recently file for the trademark AEW Collision, and AEW recently nixed a Rampage event from Friday, July 14th, and added a TV event on Saturday, July 8th from Regina, Saskatchewan. To follow that, which we will get to this after, but in a whole different airspace, uh, CM Punk is returning to the promotion reportedly, with the tentative date uh, supposed to be June 21st, AEW Dynamite in Chicago. And AEW is toying with the idea of having Punk and his ilk um, on Saturday and the Bucks and their ilk on Dynamite. So let me get... um, Zarian's official word. So he said it looks to be good. what say that again. He's good. He's always reliable for uh those TV information stuff. Yeah. That's why I don't uh I'll get in my thoughts. Hold on, let me finish this and then we'll talk about it. This is his words from his podcast. Here's what I understand. This show looks to be starting on June 17th in Chicago, a Saturday night show. It's I'm hearing it's a two-hour show from 8 to 10 Eastern Standard Time on Saturdays. They may be preempted some days. I don't know. That's just me interjecting based on how these things work. I also believe this is going to be on TNT. Um, so that makes it even harder. So I'll let you take the ball on this one first. What do you think? Because there's a lot to unpack. I'll say hold the CM Punk stuff for later because we're going to talk about that by itself. But a new show for AEW on Saturdays, on TNT especially. Terrible, man. Terrible time slot. Michael, you just got to think. How much is this going to get preempted? Like, there's no way this stays on Saturdays throughout the year. There's going to be times this this gets preempted because there's a lot of like live sports that happens on Saturday for TNT. Don't they have a contract with um the NHL or NBA? I I know they have one for NBA. I don't know about NHL. Or March Madness. What about March Madness? Yeah, that too. And a 2-hour show, did they do they really need that when they already got Rampage? What what do we have Rampage for then? And Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor too, but nobody's watching that. But you got Rampage on Friday. Why not just scrap Rampage? Yeah. Wouldn't that make more sense? I would think so, but maybe have it, well, I don't know, because there's a couple things that are weird here. Are they going to do it on Saturdays live? That's a great question. It has to be, right? I don't know, unless they did it like Rampage and that. Well, that would only be if they they nixed Rampage. When would they tape that? Yeah. 
Unless they did live dynamite, live rampage with a taped collision after. That would defeat the purpose, would it not? I mean, if you got a if you got a major show, wouldn't you want that to be live and have rampage be the one who's taped? Yeah, I guess that's true. And I left out a part of this too. Apparently, I there's different rumors coming out, but I think. Zarian also reported that they're going to be doing a soft brand split. But then reports came out that it was going to be a hard brand split. And then Brian Alvarez said, no, it's going to be soft. And then the next day came back and said it was going to be hard. Pause. Is it going to be hard or soft, Michael? (laughs) Jesus. Well, ask Mega how she likes it. I'm sorry. That was was a little bit. Come on now. But the brand split thing is... Kind of, kind of crazy timing considering we're about to get a brand split or a draft on the other show. Yeah, and I'm hoping that that does a lot for WWE in terms of changing the landscape. But they need some freshening up. They need some freshening up. But AEW with a brand split, they would have to. Wouldn't the whole layout of the champions have to change? If that happens, would, would they need a champion for one show, or are we doing a traveling champion? There's still a lot of stuff we don't know. And they have two mid-card titles, so, I mean, one could go to each, but like you said, are they going to have a world champion now, and a world heavyweight, or something like that? Are they going to split the tag team titles, split the they trios? Me. They got the two women's titles. Yeah. So, yeah. Out there, but I don't know, man. That just that doesn't seem like a smart idea to split the rosters like that. Are we, we have that much talent that we can afford to split the rosters? Oh, they definitely have the amount of talent for a draft. They have a ridiculous amount of talent. Is there really a lot of guys you want to see, though, Micah? Well, the thing that I thought about was you know, one of our complaints about AEW is you like somebody, it might be four weeks until you see them again. This may allow for the same guys to be seen more frequently, but in what capacity? Because, I mean, if this show is getting preempted every week, you can't expect the ratings to be great, and you can't expect the ratings to be great on a Saturday anyways. It's going to be awful. Because... Bro, that's when TV is, that's when they air a bunch of new stuff is on Saturdays. Yeah. Well, what about college football season? That's going to get slaughtered yep. on Saturday nights. What about the WWE pay-per-views on Saturday nights? That's going to get slaughtered. It's not going to, what, what are we doing, 300,000 people on Saturday? Is that what we're going to be able to do? Is that what we're shooting for? I guess. I mean, that's what would probably be realistic. <clears throat> and another thing. If it gets terrible viewers, how long before the Buckaroos, the Bucks, and the Elite start pointing fingers at who's headlining that show? That's what who's I thought cool? about, too. I mean, I don't know. You could put your tinfoil hat on, man, and and wonder, but I don't know. I, Saturday's a big problem. And another element, Micah, who's booking this show? Is it Tony Khan booking this show? That's I put a tweet out a couple of days ago that said there is no way that Tony Khan can book four TV shows by himself. 
My God. Bro, I get burned out of booking on GM mode for two shows. I can only imagine him doing four shows in actual real life. There's no way. There's not enough snow in the world that can get me through booking four shows, man. Yeah, I I don't. Th this is the time to start a booking committee. If he's going to do it, this is the time. But it's not going to happen because you know how it is. Crazy thing about it. They got a lot of smart minds on that on the AEW side. Yep. Jeff Jarrett, man, he's apparently doing some big things for the house show business in AEW. Hey, they're coming close to our neck of the woods in a couple of weeks. Hey, I saw that earlier. Saw that earlier. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Might Scoop Slam might be booked. We might might have to pop in, say hey to uh, you know, FTR. Ain't going that far. We'll pop in to see Hobbs. <laughs> oh well. <sighs> After what happened tonight, I don't think you're gonna want to see much of him anymore. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me. Okay, don't tell me anything. I wanna, I wanna figure it out on my own, man. Let me, let me watch it live or on tape delay later on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave you to watch it, but. Anyways, um, we'll go ahead and segue to the punk stuff because, I mean, that's really tied in with all this. So, this is from Fight Fans. Um, well, uh, it's a good question. I don't know. Hey, you're the one that sent me this article. <laughs> Anyways, CM Punk has seemingly been on the outs with AEW and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks for some some time, but things may have just changed. One of Ooh. our sources has indicated that not only is Punk willing to come back, which is something that uh, SRS and Fightful reported, but the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are willing to work with Punk now. TK also giving offer of improved contracts to Omega and the Bucks shortly too. Punk opened to storyline ideals with the elite. That makes sense. The thing with the new contract in front of their face. So get them to Phil Brooks. So there's a bunch of stuff that's came out about it and I've heard the opposite. I've heard Kenny is willing to work with them and the Bucks are not. And I've heard that he's going to start working with Jericho when he comes back. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you you predicted it. Oh, man, I was just... I didn't mean it for it to happen. I didn't wish it into existence. Nope, you dug this bed. Now you're going to lie in it. Man, come on, man. <laughs> I... I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I guess that's true, but... I, obviously, if this is your first time listening to the program, I'm a big punk fan, and I have very much awaited his return, and I think that bringing him back is the right idea. However, this is going to be stupid if they don't, if they're like, okay, punk, you come in on Saturday, and... Matt and Nick, you guys can come in on Wednesday. I Okay, like I get it. You guys fought. NBA players fight. 
uh, wrestlers have fought in the past. Football players fight. I mean, come on now. Matt Hardy and Edge worked a program after Lita <laughs> cheated on Matt with Edge. Yeah. So, I mean, at but, what point come do you on. grow up and be men and settle this? I think they want a public apology, man. I think that's what it's going to take. Okay. And I don't think Phil Brooks is able to do that. I I don't know. I can't say. I don't think. I don't, just knowing or listening to all the stories about him out there, he's a very proud man. And he believes what he says. Uh, you think he's going to apologize to the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks? Which I think the problem is with the Young Bucks. I don't think he has a problem with Kenny. Because I heard that him and Kenny are... Or Kenny was just uh, the guy in the middle trying to break up everything when Brawl Out happened. So I don't know, man. I, I can't see CM Punk apologizing to the Bucks. And I heard something too that Omega thought it was kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking maybe blown out of proportion. He was kind of just like this is like locker room stuff. Like, okay, it happened. Let's move on. I probably not the probably not the fight. It's probably the fact that he buried all of them in front of everybody. That's probably the thing that got everybody mad, which is understandable, Michael. I mean. You want your coworker going to the the corporate meeting and just burying you in front of everybody? No, you wouldn't like that. I mean, no, but tell him when he's telling lies. Yeah. That's not the point. Point is he embarrassed the company when he did that, man. The boss was right there beside him too. Yeah, but Tony didn't stop him. What was he supposed to do? T- tell him Okay, that's enough. All right, let's. This this interview is now over for CM Punk. We're gonna pack it up. You said Tony Khan to do that. No, he looks at Punk like it's his idol. But do you think that's the first time Tony's ever heard what Punk's saying? But it's different when God and everybody's watching him bury the biggest baby face in the company with Hangman Page and bury the EVPs right there in front of. In front of everybody. I mean, that's disrespectful to your boss and disrespectful to the company. I can see why the locker room doesn't want him back. Unless, unless there's a caveat that he apologizes to everybody. Well, we don't know that he hasn't. I mean, there's a reason why they want him on the Saturday show. Well, okay. Apparently, he has tried to negotiate meetings to alleviate things with, like... Alvarez said something the other day, which I don't like nor trust him or Dave at this point, but he said something that there was a meeting with Punk and Jericho and FTR was the middle ground party. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the scope of this. Obviously, we're not backstage, but I would think that if Punk is trying to set up meetings and he is coming back because apparently that is locked in that he's coming back. They told Warner Brothers Discovery that he's coming back. You've got to figure out a way to make this work. You can't separate the guys forever. Because what happens, like I was telling you, 
What happens with the world title? What happens uh, on pay-per-views? I mean... That's another thing, too, with the Saturday show. What are they going to do with pay-per-views? Strictly to Sunday. And how big are those cards going to be? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Might be having a Sunday and a Monday pay-per-view, man. Well, but they, they won't run on Sundays because of the NFL. What? What do we do? <laughs> we run on Thursday? Oh, oh God. On that day too. They should put Collision on Tuesdays, in all honesty. Maybe they just don't run any pay-per-views during the NFL season. <laughs> I mean, I think they only have one full gear. Okay, yeah, they can put. Yeah, they can probably have just like a super dynamite show. Yeah, that sounds good. Arthur Ashe. They said ten thousand tickets just like last year. Yeah. Hey, well, they apparently have a pre-sale for that Wembley Stadium show for forty k. Is it a pre-sale? I thought it was um early sign yeah, up or right. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early sign up. Yeah, I don't think any tickets been sold. Well, I mean, overall, I think Punk coming back is a positive thing. I just, I don't know. The and the thing is, it's hard to talk about it on the podcast because we're kind of saying the same stuff we've been saying forever, except there's a couple new folds added in. But at the same time, it's like. Who is telling the truth in this story? That's the biggest caveat to everything. You never know who is telling the truth because anytime something positive comes out about Punk, Dave and Alvarez are right there to say, oh no, he's this way and this way and this way. And then then Dax is like, well, he really wants to come back. Who's feeding them the information? We know FTR is best friends with Punk, but who's Alvarez and Dave Meltzer from Wrestling Observer? Who who are who are their inside guys? I think it's Jericho. It's got to be Jericho. You sent me a video the other day that I was dying at. I watched it on the way home, and Alvarez was like, "There was a meeting between Punk and Jericho and Tony Khan and FTR." And now Punk is calling Jericho a stooge and he's assuming something again. Okay, well, I can tell you that Punk didn't tell Alvarez about it. I can tell you that FTR didn't. I would hope to God that Tony Khan's not. So that leaves one party in here that I think might be telling them. Well, I mean, it could be it could be Tony Khan. <laughs> Imagine he's you be just firing up all the uh, all the rumors and bullcrap to the newsletters. He's doing it unintentionally. <laughs> he's just trying to make everybody happy. I can definitely see it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'll be looking forward to AW in June. Yeah, it's it's good that they're bringing them back, man. I. Not a big fan of Punk the person, but Punk the wrestler, he, he's he, man, he's one of the greatest of the generation. So we got to give him his flowers there. It, it'd be great to have him on any show, but um, yeah, he's got to he's got to do something about that mouth though, buddy. Pause. <laughs> but he's got an uphill battle to fight, that's for sure. Yeah. 
But I mean, I, I don't know, man. He's been the best thing in AEW to me personally. MJ? Well, he's right there with him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you got that. Well, well, well you can like Orange Cassidy is oh, Atlantic run. God. He's defended that thing 18 times now. He's on the show every week. I mean, I like it, man. Whenever he's on, I can go to the bathroom. <laughs> I can go, go get some food. I can make sure to skip this 30 minutes of AEW Dynamite. Yeah, it will be 30 minutes, too. It never fails. Because, oh, my God, that's another topic for another time. We'll, we'll probably talk about it this freaking Wednesday because I'm sure he's on the show. Um, But speaking of... What? No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of Wednesday and AEW Dynamite, this past Dynamite that we didn't get to talk about because we were on vacation, Jeff Hardy returned to much fanfare, and I know we, much like Mr. Punk, have differing opinions on Jeff Hardy and his return. Um, You know, I thought it was good. I honestly thought it went better than his debut and he looked good, and to me, he moved better than he has been. So we'll whoa. see. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It didn't just like his debut. What did they do differently? <laughs> he didn't dance when he came down the entrance way. But other than that, it's because he didn't do his little jig. But he did the same thing. He just came out to help Matt. Yeah, but he had a painted chair this time. Did you mention that? Dad, of course, of course. Well, how, how couldn't I have seen that, Micah? Jesus. Yeah, man, I, I don't know. It, Jeff Hardy back in 2023, it just doesn't interest me in the slightest, especially on the circumstances of him leaving AEW the first time. Micah, he could have killed somebody. And then you just bring him back. Well. Like nothing happened. Uh, nobody, boom. Nobody I, cares about Jeff Hardy in 2023. Hey. You watch it. Uh, he's got one fan, and he's right here. Matt, Matt and you are the other ones. Hey, man. Uh, I'm not going to excuse what he did, obviously, because it was horrible, and it was wrong, and he shouldn't have been doing it. But, I mean, I'll pop for Jeff Hardy in 2023. <laughs> it's very polarizing when you read the comments online about like Jeff returning or Jeff doing anything now because I don't know, man. I feel like he lost a lot of fanfare with this latest BS Because I mean, Micah drinking at nine in the morning, getting a car when his license is suspended, and then refusing rehab from WWE to start with. Like this all could have been prevented. If he just went to rehab for WWE. But, well, maybe he didn't relapse in WWE. What? So he just relapsed in a two-month span. Well, it just happens like that. It could happen, but still, man, I don't know. When it's a repeat offender like Jeff, and then he ends up up in hot water in AEW so soon after his debut... It's just like, man, Jeff, you could have prevented all this 
just three months earlier by doing the right thing. I mean, WWE has been around him for most of his adult life. I'm sure they know when stuff is not right with Jeff. They didn't just come out the blue and say, hey, man, go to rehab. I'm sure they had reasons. I'm sure they saw him backstage and even that live event that he walked out on. That was kind of erratic that never got explained. We still don't know why he did that. I honestly think he just wanted to be with his brother. That makes no sense. So you give up a million-dollar contract to go be with your brother? Does Jeff care about money? Does Jeff care about being a professional? I don't... That's not what professionals do. I honestly don't think he cares about money. I listened to his episode of the Talk is Jericho podcast, and he kind of just... He talked like he was just treading water in WWE, and like he felt like he kind of got back popular again when uh they did the Survivor Series thing with him a couple years ago. Was he like the lone survivor or something? He did, and Seth beat him in the end. He he did get a big reaction, but man, I know you love Jeff, so you would never admit it. But Jeff has been cooked for years now. So I can understand why WWE didn't trust Jeff and giving him a major singles title run. They gave him a, a U.S. title run when he came back. Uh, did he want a world championship run? There's no way. I don't know. He cannot ring like he used to. I also think that Jeff knew his internal clock was ticking and they need to cash in on a Hardy Boys run now. Oh, oh stop it, because they did like two or three of them in WWE. <laughs> No, I know that, but I I think he wants to go out with his brother, and I think he knows that he has, like, tops two years left. Oh, God. You know in wrestling, you never really retire. I mean, yeah, but if there's one guy who, like, is going to call it, I would hope that it would be Jeff after all these bumps. Are you sure, man? I don't know. He might go out on a 25-foot ladder. Just at 75 years old, doing a swanton bomb. Man, I don't think Jeff will ever fully retire. Well, time will tell. I don't know. Let me say this, too. For the for the argument that you have against Jeff, that can also be pointed at Jimmy Uso. No. No. Not Jimmy Uso. What did Jimmy Uso do? He's got DUIs. Yeah, he never refused rehab. Well, he's got multiple DUIs. So if if you're like, oh, well, Jeff could have killed somebody, so could Jimmy. And he's... Jimmy, Jimmy didn't refuse. <laughs> Jimmy didn't refuse rehab. Did they offer? Did say, I'm not going... Yes, he went. They sent him there. And he did it again, and didn't they, he? And they gave him the SmackDown Tag Champions. Exactly. Look, man, <laughs> yeah, get out of here. You're, you're doing... You're doing what about isms, man? Just focus on the topic at hand. Jeff Hardy, the piece of garbage Jeff. Oh, Hardy. you know what, on. Jeff Hardy? Yeah, you know Jeff Hardy showed up to a pay per view high on on God knows what, and almost he he did kill the main event. Man, he went out there with Sting, supposedly the icon, the 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 greatest WCW superstar of all time, and then Jeff Hardy goes out there high and 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 erratic and. And Eric Bischoff, man, it was a whole mess, man. You know it. So when it's a repeat offender like Jeff, I'm, I'm not turning a blind eye anymore. 
How many DUIs Jimmy got? Look, man, that's not the point, though. Jimmy don't show up to the event drunk. Jimmy don't drive at 8 in the morning drunk. And if he did, he never got caught. But that's not the point. Point point is, point is Jeff is a piece of garbage, man. That's that's my, my closing argument. I don't agree. I think that he's a troubled soul who needs help. And his brother Matt is there to guide him now. Uh, yeah. Matt's the beacon of hope, right? How many DUIs Matt got? Uh, does he have any? Yeah, he does. Oh, well. Maybe he's better now. He doesn't look better in the ring. Both of them oh. are washed. Matt's more cooked than Jeff, let's be honest. It's like watching the late stages of the Bushwhackers at this point. Oh, they are God. Not they come do. on, No, I'm now. just saying... I'm, Rest in peace, Luke. I think Luke did pass. Yeah, he did pass a couple weeks ago. Okay, but still, it's it's not fun watching those guys in the ring in 2023. Unless Jeff's going to fall off something high, I just don't want to see the Hardy Boys. Okay. Boys are better. Uh, That's a a topic for another time. Let's see here. Jonathan Fatu arrested in 2011. Oh, <laughs> he got receipts, man. Come at on. 3 a.m. Yeah. for a DUI. He was at the, he was at the club. You know what happened? Okay. You never been to the club, Michael? You know, you no. get a couple drinks in you. Okay, well, the bad example. <laughs> well, what's the what's the other charge? Uh, 2019 arrested in Detroit, Michigan, after a dispute with police officers. Um, that was funny, but he wasn't even driving. Yeah, and I don't think he was. I don't think he was drunk. No, he he took off his shirt and tried to square up with the cop. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Naomi was driving on the wrong side of a one way street, and they got pulled over, and he was drunk already. <laughs> and I, I don't know if the police says on out the way to him, but yeah, he tried to he tried to you know throw down with the police officer. I'm gonna have to find that clip. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and he was arrested a couple months later for a DUI in Pensacola at 3 a.m. And then... Well, hold up now. Pensacola? So, obviously, he was doing something for the tribal chief. So <laughs> oh. Look at that one. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, Roman's like, I know, Jimmy, but it must be done. <laughs> and he's just, like, absolutely blitzed having to drive. <laughs> We got sushi. We got sushi. That's what Paul Heyman says all the time. We got sushi in there for you guys. We got alcohol. We got mahi mahi. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in 2021, he was arrested again. Um, what month was that? With a DUI. You said what? What month was that? 2021. <laughs> July. See, there you go, Micah. The world was coming back, and everybody was. You know, taking off their mask and everybody's having fun. So you know, I mean, sometimes your your judgment wasn't at its best in July of twenty twenty one, man. Interesting. Sure, that. Well, I don't drink, so I can't say that the temptation is there for me. But I guess for some people, driving makes it more fun. Yeah, your hero Jeff does it all the time. Oh, come on. 
what a what a stark contrast and like two of my favorite wrestlers of all time you have like the troubled like jeff hardy who can never you know go a couple years without getting in trouble for it at least in the past not that i'm trying to dog him about it i'm just saying you know the history is there sounds like you're burying no i'm i'm just saying it's been every couple years something has happened recently. Oh. He has his demons. He has his demons. Yeah. And then you have CM Punk who, like, he's just kind of a prick, but, like, doesn't have any drug issues. Yeah. Yeah, it is completely different sides of the coin there. At least my hatred to Jeff has been consistent because I have not liked him for a very long time. Wow. I've done a complete 180 on CM Punk. What soured you on Jeff? Maybe in 2001, when Jeff and Matt broke up the first time. Jeff did this stupid swanton bomb off the steel cage and cost them a match, and I'm still heated about that. He could have won the match by leaving the steel cage, but no, he has to turn around and try to hit a swanton bomb off a 15-foot cage on Devon Dudley when he could have won the match for his brother. And then he made it seem like he was the victim afterwards. Yeah, you know what? Matt deserved to turn on him all them times. Jeff deserves it. He's a dummy. Inside and outside the ring. No, I always held it against Matt when he hit Jeff with that chair and made Edge win the belt at Royal Rumble. He did not have it coming. Micah? No, he didn't have it coming. Matter of fact, Matt had it coming. He was mad because he got shackled with the ECW championship. Oh, he made that championship relevant. You and I know that. Mm, that was Christian. Your other boy. No love for Ezekiel Jackson? Oh, God. What's he up to? Hey, man, that theme, that theme was gas. Hey. You know, you can't, you can't I can't, can't lie. lie. The theme that. was gas. <laughs> well, let's talk about some things that aren't gas. And that was Monday Night Raw, April 17th edition. Raw's recaps, Raw's rematches, however you'd like to phrase it. If this is your first time listening to the Scoop Slam podcast, we got our we have our own way of reviewing. We got our scoops, we got our slams. Scoops are the positives, slams are the negatives. We'll get to the uh, short and sweet of it. So to open up Monday Night Raw, your your DUI boys, the Usos, came out. Just this by saying that one of us watched the Hulu version. Oh, well, Ryan, you didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah, you gotta make me suffer through <laughs> a three-hour show, but you get to watch the hour-and-a-half version? Oh, no. At least next time, tell me so I can watch the hour-and-a-half, too. It was a late decision. I turned the three-hour version on last night, and, well, you know, uh, the sleep the sleep uh, came knocking, and I answered. Just tell me next time, man. All right. So we can match up. All right. To open us up was the Usos and a sign that I caught that I thought was funny that, uh, have you ever seen that old WCW sign that says Goldberg eats corn the long way? (laughs) There was one in the uh, crowd this time that said Brock eats corn. Brock was eating corn the long way. Okay. And, um, So the Usos came out, and Heyman, uh, they were talking up, you know, dealing with problems and, 
this, that, and the other. And then the Judgment Day interrupts. And there's some tension there, obviously. They had a match a couple weeks ago for the belts, and uh, Finn had that feud with Roman, uh, like, last year. So, basically, they have a business arrangement that Solo is going to take out Ray, Judgment Day is going to take out Sammy and Kevin Owens and Matt Riddle tonight in the main event. So... For this segment, I'll let you start it off. You got any scoops? I just thought it was a very intriguing stare down with um, Judgment Day and the Bloodline. I thought it was all right. Promo, yeah. I mean, promo, uh, it, it was good. I mean, Heyman does his thing on the microphone. Eh. I'm just happy that people are interacting with different people on the show. Thank God. It feels like we've been in a holding pattern for two months. Doesn't it seem like that, Micah? I was going to ask you if it seemed like that. Like, it feels like the same people have been, and there's still <laughs> elements of it, too. Yeah, but at least now we're switching it up a little bit. We got the LWO around, um, Matt Riddle's in there. Uh, yeah, it, we're, we're not technically with the same guys, and people are interacting with different people, so it makes it a little more tolerable. And... I think the draft is going to help that some too, because I don't know. I it really with this show, I was like, man, this is just. It starts to feel like the same people every week on Dynamite. You never see the same person again because you don't see them for four months at a time, unless they're in a thirty-second backstage promo. On God, yeah, yeah, or if it's Orange Cassidy or freaking. Kip Sabian, you'll see him for 30 minutes every week. Um, and then on Raw, it's just rematches and the same. There's an upper echelon, and then there's a, a rotating door of job guys. So it's not as, it's not as bad as how it was when Vince was fully in charge as far as the rematches goes. That's true. It is a little better. They're spaced out by like three weeks. Let me ask you something. No, Micah, before we move on, or before I ask you your scoops, because I don't know what you have for this segment. Um, who do you think would benefit from the draft more? Like, who do you think would benefit from switching brands? The one person that stands out. Um, hmm. I guess. I'll let you go ahead, and I'll try and think of somebody. I feel like Seth Rollins has nothing nothing else to do on Raw. He's really feuded with almost everybody on Raw. Like Theory, Lashley, uh, The Bloodline. Uh, he's babyface right now, right? So he can't feud with Sammy and KO. Um, the Judgment Day, maybe? No, because they have something going on with Ray. I, Seth, man, needs a change of scenery. He needs some new opponents. Yeah, that's right. See, I was going to kind of say the same thing about Bobby, but I, are they going to ever pull the trigger with the Hurt Business? Because if they are, then I would say, okay, well, you know, keep him on Raw. What? Hey. <laughs> see him in three weeks, have we? Well, he beat up Elias after WrestleMania, and I think that was it. <laughs> I ain't missing him. Oh, no, I'm not gonna. Uh, he, 
Well, he's going to be on your show soon if he gets released. <laughs> yeah. Oh, him and uh, oh, what's the Saddam Singh. That's a Wembley headliner right there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Heck oh, yeah. No. Be like Taker and Gonzalez at uh, Caesar's Palace. Who goes over? <laughs> uh, Satnam. Oh, no. You gonna make Omas do the job on his first match? Yep, job him out. <laughs> Sounds like an Eric Bischoff book production. Yeah, Tony Khan, if you want to sell out Wembley, put Punk versus Goldberg. Oh my God. No. God, no. You know what? Yeah, do it. <laughs> do it and then squash CM Punk. That would pay for all his sins. You'd, He'll be welcome back in the locker room if he does that. You just want Punk to get hurt by Goldberg. That's what it is. For now, as long only if he would come back to WWE at some point. He has to put over Bray. I mean, oh, speaking of somebody who needs a change of scenery, yeah, a new job. Um, anyways, though, my scoop for this one, I thought kind of plays along with what we've been talking about. I, the Judgment Day was unexpected here. Um, I wasn't expecting these two to, you know, mix because they haven't for forever. So I did enjoy, like you said, a, a new uh, a change up right before the draft. I don't, I don't appreciate Rio staring down solo like that, though. That was one of my slams because what what <laughs> do you do with that? Yeah. Is You're Rhea, teasing something that you can't deliver. Yeah, because like is Rhea going to fight solo? No. So, am I expected to believe that Solo would be intimidated by her? Like, Rhea's big. She's big, but she ain't no Samoan, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Like, would I be right, intimidated by her? Yes. But I'm like 5'8". Solo's a bad a Samoan. I mean, come on, man. Are, are we supposed to believe that Rhea is is his equal? Come on now. Yeah. Stop it. Don't do that. Don't force that, please. Mm-mm. And even in the main event when she closed line Kevin Owens, I was like, it's a cool spot, but is it too much? Ah, because like Owens inside out took that close line, and I was like, ugh. That's a former world champion. Can you imagine Steve Austin? Taking a clothesline like that. Yeah. No, I mean, could China have clotheslined him? Yes. Would he have done a flip for it? I don't think so. No. No. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um, do you have any other scoops or do you want to move to the slams? No slams. It was okay. No. Uh, I had two other ones. Um, just this kind of meandered for a while with Heyman <laughs> trying to figure out the direction of it, I guess. I don't know. I got that for Trish later on. <laughs> oh, but well, maybe it's different on a three hour version. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see how oh, it did. It did kind of drag a little bit. And the last thing. And they kind of been doing this for weeks, and I've been meaning to mention it. I may have, and I just forgot. I hate the 
we've got to deal with the Kevin Owens problem. Okay, so we'll just beat him on Monday Night Raw, and that deals with the problem. Well, they have to they have to beat him up so he doesn't show up the next week. But they always that. show up the next week. Well, I think they want to. I don't know, man. Didn't they try to break his neck that one time with a steel chair? That probably would have put him. Back. Okay, see that makes sense though. But like. Okay, so after this, there's a match. Ray and Solo, we'll get to it in a little bit. And then there was a segment after the fact. I really didn't write anything down for it. But Heyman was like, we dealt with Ray Mysterio. Solo just beat him in a match. And then they went to the back. I mean, there's a brawl after, but he didn't like concerto him or pilmanize him or anything like that. He just, oh, yep. There's a lot of brawls in the show. Yeah. You notice that. And I didn't like all of them. Uh, it kind of got a little old there at the end. Oh, see, that wasn't even the one that I hated. Um, but that was that was the only two things I had. And you ready to move on? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the match. Yeah. So that segue, like I said, to Ray and Solo Sokoa. Um, good match. I, you know, I didn't hate anything about it. Ray still wows me. They can move like he can, and I thought it was a good showing for the young. An up-and-coming solo plus a good win for him. That was one of my scoops. And um, to go ahead and round it out, my only other scoop was that the LWO got a pretty big pop, and I thought that was cool for them. So other than that, you got anything? Yeah, I thought it was a really good match. However, the LWO just got beat down like that, man. They have the numbers advantage. That is one of my slams. <laughs> yeah, I just I the fact that Ray lost didn't it's not gonna hurt Ray to lose to Solo. Exactly. Ray's a icon. Yeah, any loss that he has, it, it doesn't matter. But Solo beating Ray is a it's nice because I mean he did lose that one match to Cody before WrestleMania. But he's building back some steam. I like Solo so far. Um yeah man but just the LWO wrestling the ring like that. And then just getting beat up anyway. Yeah. Okay, then. So they're a jobber faction, huh? Yeah. That was my slam. They just look like a bunch of jabronis because there was three of them in the ring, and it was just Solo in the ring. And they huddled around Ray. And Solo, like, I mean, he kind of jumped on them. But he kind of, like, walked them down before they came over there. Like, you wouldn't have, like, I don't know, Santos kind of standing there, like, looking at him. You know, I... I get that they can't initiate the attack because they're baby faces, but you don't have to just sit there. You know, I I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah the big baby faces as idiots, as goofs. That that's not gonna make me want to cheer them. Man, I thought that was the BWO out there for a second. Oh. Taking a, a beat down. Man, I'm just saying, man. It, uh, yeah, you got, you got a new hot faction. You sell a lot of t-shirts, and then you just get them. You get them laid out like that in the opening segment? Not a big fan of that. They kind of redeemed it later because they um, did participate in another brawl. So I you know, I look the other way, but still, that, that gets a slam right here. Yeah. And I will say that. they I saw a bunch of LWO shirts in the um, crowd this week. So, hey, I mean, it's working. Did you? Um... Somebody pointed this out to me online. 
So the original LWO shirt had the L lowercase. This one's capitalized. Little little tidbit there, Micah. Hmm. I, I didn't even, even notice it on the show. Yeah, I'm I'm the analyst on the show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, following that, another brawl. Not not yet, but it would dissolve into one. Cody Rhodes came out, and he was kind of in his ring gear with a hoodie on, sweatshirt, whatever. And he starts to talk about he wants Brock out here right now. Adam Pierce interrupts him. Adam Pierce begs him not to uh, get involved tonight because he's not medically cleared. He still calls Brock down. Well, yeah, he still tries to get Brock to come out. Adam Pierce is like, I need you to leave, call security guards. It dissolves into a brawl with Brock at the top of the stage, staring as Cody beats up a bunch of security guards, and he can't get to Brock. I'll let you go first for this one, because I got some thoughts. Uh, I like the visual of unhinged Cody, because so far, man, his run, he's just kind of been cool, calm, and collected. Now it seems like, you know, he has a different kind of edge to him, has a different side of Cody. Refreshing to see. Um, I got one slam, though. It goes back to the Wardlow syndrome. Yeah. You're beating up 25 guys. Come on now. How am I supposed to suspend my disbelief? Is Cody John Wick? Is that (laughs) that who that is? I, I don't know about that. They... They may have overdid it right there as well. Yeah, man. Uh, what, what you got? Go <laughs> I think, honestly, this might have been my least favorite Cody segment since he came back. You didn't like Brock with a duster on and a cowboy hat? <laughs> hey, I did write the only scoop I had for this segment was Brock Taker. That was the only one. <laughs> that was the only scoop. I thought Brock's look was so funny. Like, I, it doesn't necessarily not fit, but the duster and the cowboy hat, and he just looked like Undertaker. I don't know. The visual cracked me up. Well, let's be honest, Michael. If you're a backstage producer or agent, and Brock shows up with that on. Are you gonna say anything to Brock Lesnar? Oh no, 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 no! He can <laughs> he can go out there looking like uh, uh one of the new age rockers for all I care, and I'd be like, "Yep, yeah, looks great, Brock." Um, <laughs> did Trish and him shop at the same place? Though? Oh man, <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but you know, I mean, they're both Canadians. Might be a popular oh, store right. up there in Saskatchewan. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, buy me one. <laughs> Can you imagine me and you? And we'll pull up to the Huntsville show and Duster. Well, they probably wouldn't let us in. That might look. That might look a little suspicious. Oh no, no! Just in our casual Undertaker cosplay. Yeah, no wrong with that. Yeah. Um, for my slams, what's the whole not medically cleared thing about? I mean, weird. Saying. Ribs on the way out. Oh, well. You got a better eye than me. But when did that happen? Was that the Brock brawl? Because last week, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, he cut a promo about Brock, but 
He held his ribs the whole time. He was selling his ribs. Remember, he got F5 and steel steps. Interesting. Okay, well, maybe I'm just not paying enough attention. <laughs> oh, man, that was on that Raw you didn't watch. <laughs> You're right. Well, I remember that segment, but I don't know. I thought two weeks later, oh, yeah, you'd be all right. Bro, he legit beat him up for like five straight minutes, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's I like that he's still selling the ribs. But the fact that he's not medically cleared, but Adam Pierce is just going to send 30 security guards out there to wrestle him down. I don't know about that. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but. Well, that was my issue. And my final slam was Cody is the baby face. Why is he beating up security guards? I guess the same thing can be said for Wardlow, but I don't know. It kind of felt different to me when Wardlow did it, even though it ended up being rotten. But, like, say if they were MJF security guards or those were Brock Lesnar security guards. But, like, can you imagine John Cena beating up a bunch of security guards? And he wanted to get to a guy he really hated, like a CM Punk or an Edge. I can see him doing that. I'd see, I can't visualize John Cena beating up a bunch of security guards. Like, I don't know. Remember when Steve Austin got, like, handcuffed out of the building? That's something that I could see. But also, Austin was more of a rambunctious rebel babyface, where Cody and Cena are more of the, like, cut from the cloth of America and being the right person and doing the right thing. Sure, but you know how Cena stuff got stale, man. Well, yeah, but Cody ain't stale yet. Well, if you keep on booking him like Cena, he will be. I, I don't have a problem with them booking him with an edge, man. I don't. Like, if he's just going to be straight cookie cutter, white meat baby face, that's going to get old real fast. I mean, yeah, but then when it starts to get old, you can add in those wrinkles of, well, he's getting an edge to him. I just don't think it's old yet, so why? Because I even felt like the crowd didn't really know how to feel, which the crowd sucked all night. But I felt like the crowd was just kind of like, eh, like. But I'll also, that's Wardlow syndrome. <laughs> we just We just came up with that freeze, and we're just going to run with it. Well, yeah, you know, we got our own phrases on here. Warlow syndrome. We got a uh, jungle vacuum. I told jungle taker. Jungle taker. Hey, both work. Brock taker. Okay. Brock taker. Yeah. All right. Mr. Brooks. I'm, I'm with it. Mr. Brooks. That's more derogatory though. No, that's not derogatory when I say it. I just think it's it's not it's not funny because it's his real name, but I don't know. I I just kind of think it's funny. Maybe it's just when you say it. But I uh, think this segment was that bad though, man. You, I think you've been a little too hard on this segment, and I don't know. I feel like you say this all the time in the last couple weeks with Cody about this is Cody's worst segment. <laughs> Since he got back, I feel like you're projecting some of your hatred of the, the finish the WrestleMania on the Cody now, and nothing he can do is going to make up for it. Well, so is that what you're doing here, Micah? Somebody's got to take the blame for it, and Roman ain't here. So you really don't dislike the segments; you just still dislike the finish, and so you're projecting your anger out on Cody. Is that what this is? What are you doing here? The biased journalism that you are, or journalist, journalist that you are. 
Well, uh, the shoe's fitting. I, no, I don't know. I just, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling Cody as much as I was. I was genuine, like, we weren't reviewing the podcast when Cody left. But I was at the top of the list of Cody haters. And then he got, he won me back. <laughs> I think I was there too. Exactly. That was, no, that was before he left. You were a Cody hater, oh, okay. but then when he left, no, nah, when he when he left, I was a Cody hater, but um, and I mean I don't know, he won me back, and his segments were good, and everything was clicking, and I was honestly ready for him to win the world title, and now, uh... but you seen you seen Dustin. Dustin Goldust, his brother, saying that um, he liked that they didn't give him the title right then and there because the chase is always more special. I'd be pissed if my brother said that. Well, man, you got to think about it, though. Dusty Rhodes, can you remember anything about his world title run? No, you can't. He had five of of them, but they're not really memorable. The best part of Dusty Rhodes' career was when he was chasing Ric Flair and... and, um, Everybody in Florida who's feuding with, I don't know, I didn't follow the Florida territory. But, yeah, man, it's it's always about the chase, Micah, and I, I feel like they're off to a good start with this Brock feud. I'm really enjoying this so far. We need to get Brock's side of the story because that – he can't pull a, uh, what he did with Bobby Lashley and not tell us why they're feuding the entire time they, feud, they feuded. But, yeah, I've been enjoying it so far. So, next up, uh, probably your match of the night, and honestly, my match of the night, too, surprisingly. The Miz versus Seth Rollins. And, honestly, I didn't write a ton for this one. Um, The only scoop I had was I thought that uh, when Seth did the splash off the top and Miz reversed into a roll-up, it was really nice. But all in all, a really solid match that I was not expecting to really be anything. I don't know. I think Miz is kind of in Charlotte's level in terms of on TV. It depends, and I'll be good on pay-per-view. But, like, basically when they want to turn it on, they will. And when they don't, they won't. So what do you think about it, though? Seth picked up the win, by the way. Yeah, man, I love Miz. Miz can turn it on when he wants to. But, okay, let me just start out by saying I, I did enjoy the match. I liked the match. Uh, lifelong Miz fan. Uh, Seth is, you know, he's a big star. He has a little sing-song thing that the crowd seems to like. But, I don't know. Is the guy, because Seth is treated like a top star, right, Micah? Mm-hmm. Him going 15 minutes with somebody that got beat by Snoop Dogg in 20 seconds. How do you feel about that? You know, I thought about it on the way home. Yeah. I love Miz, man, but they've been treating Miz like, you know, he's incapable in the ring for a, you know, a while now. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Can you suspend your disbelief there? Honestly, when I was watching this, I did. 
because in the back of my mind, he's still a world champion, a former world champion. But when I think about it really hard, it's kind of like, but see, the same thing I was thinking about too is like Miz can pretty much always lose because he can always get his heat back on the mic. So, I don't know. Uh, I guess in my disbelief mind, you chalk it up to he wasn't ready and he wasn't in ring gear. And... Two days in a row, though, because he lost to McAfee the first night. <laughs> well, but McAfee's actually a decent wrestler. Plus, George Kittle interfered. Come on now. Okay, all right. Yeah, forgot about Kittle. He's a, he's an X-Factor there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When you think about it really hard, Eh, but in my mind, like, that's kind of some distant parallel universe. And when I see The Miz, I think former world champion, as crazy as that is to say by itself. So, uh, I see your point. Yeah. If they're gonna... Okay, so if you're going to treat Miz like a, a talk show host, treat him as a talk show host. But don't put him in the ring with Seth Rollins for 20 minutes. Stick with one. I mean, is he going to be a competent wrestler? Or is he going to be, you know, a jobber to the to the stars when they come in for a a wave and a goodbye? Uh, I I don't know, man. This it was a good match. Good match. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Not not too much else to say, but I do see your point. Yeah, it's just hard to find that line i guess sometimes with wwe because at the same time like this weekend or not this weekend but in a couple weekends i'm sure ray mysterio and bad bunny are gonna beat uh damian priest and judgment day so it's like where does yeah. damian priest go from there yeah i mean the guys still in puerto rico man they might storm the ring i don't know <laughs> so that, and it's the same thing with, like, if somebody loses to Logan Paul, like a couple years ago when Ray and Dominic, and, well, my dog got pissed about mentioning Dominic. Um, You know, does that mean that, like, Ray and them are chumps, too? I don't know. Yeah, it's... If you can suspend your disbelief, there's nothing wrong with this segment or this match. Yeah. Maybe plus they've been like us. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say plus they've been kind of going back and forth for a couple weeks, so that helped too. There is somewhat of a story built there. It needs to be over very soon. Oh, oh, absolutely. Speaking of stories that uh, are floating a little long, Sammy, Ko, and Riddle were in the back, and there's not too much to really say about this i just wanted to say that putting matt riddle in this feud has taken my interest level down significantly because i cannot stand him even now you know i actually liked how they used him in this segment because he kind of he just said you know guys i'm not an idiot i'm i know what the bloodline did to me i, I feel like he dropped some of the goofy stuff that he does and i like matt riddle in the ring uh, sometimes this goofy stuff is a little too much, but I like that they kind of ventured away from that here. Because he is a legitimate threat, Micah. He's a, I mean, he could kick the 
but Jesus out of everybody on the roster, maybe besides Brock. I mean, he is a shoot UFC fighter and like had a decent record, so I don't doubt that, but uh, I don't know. Him just wearing the you don't like his voice, right? That definitely doesn't help, but I mean, there's still elements of the silliness. That's mainly what bothers me, and just the whole 420 bro, and really just the usage of bro, uh, the painted fingernails, the scooter. I just don't like painted fingernails. It's like jarring. I, it just doesn't fit him. Like Jeff Hardy, okay, that fits. Why Matt Riddle though? So how is how is Jeff? How does that fit? But Matt Riddle doesn't. Because Jeff is a charismatic enigma, and he's got the tattoos and the paint and the colors and the. You said earlier that Jeff was a laid back guy. You know, doesn't really care about the money and stuff. So you know, he's kind of a you know counterculture guy, and I can picture Riddle. He would fit that bill as well. So, I mean, why not? I don't know. Just if you're trying, I think he's got too many hats on. Like, are you trying to be a stoner-esque guy? Or are you trying to be an MMA guy? Are you trying to be a charismatic enigma? I don't know. Uh, He's kind of like RV, new age RVD with more goofy they lean in more into the 420 stuff more, which I don't. I, I know RVD did too, but they, I don't know. Maybe they wrote better material for RVD. I think that's the biggest thing. Plus, I don't know. I think you know, it's his cadence. It no, you know what? I know what it is, Micah. He wears no knee pads. Now, if you not if you can't wear knee pads... And you have no boots on either. That just looks weird, man. Looks like he's out there in his underwear. <laughs> you know, you might be right. It's like that picture of Triple H with no knee pads on and it's really cursed. You remember Cody had no knee pads? Ugh, I just did not yeah. want to see him wrestle. I think, I don't know. Like, RVD and him kind of talk the same too, but RVD kind of had more of a cool surfer guy, like, yeah, man, that sounds great. Whereas Riddle's like, yeah, man, that sounds cool. Like, he just sounds slow. That's the best oh, way I can put it. He, he's from California, man. He's laid back. Mm, well, Wait, I was laid what, back. Oh, well, go ahead. Well, you know what? No, no. What waves are RVD catching in Battle Creek, Michigan? Tell me that. <laughs> Um, there's Lake Michigan up there. They surf over there? Yeah. They surf on the frozen lake. Well, uh, speaking of laid down, I was laid down for this next match. Because, uh, I, like the crowd, could not have cared less about this. Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. And it feels like I've seen this 18 times in the past, like, year. So, I don't know. I was kind of on my phone while this one was happening. But I did have two things, but I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, I didn't make note of anything in the match. I don't remember anything bad happening. I don't remember anything good happening. 
I did like how they use Reed here, though. He came in. We got a no no contest with Theory and Bobby Lashley, which I mean they kind of had to. I mean you couldn't book Bobby Lashley to lose, or you couldn't book Theory to lose, so they got out of it well. I don't I don't know did did this make the did the Hulu version get the Bronson Reed uh video package? No, I got the inter or I got the uh, interference though. Yeah, he got a video package earlier on in the show, which is. Well, I mean, it's about time they came a video package because he kind of just showed up one week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, I like how they use Reed uh, on Monday. I agree. I thought it was a good spot for him, and I'm intrigued by him and Lashley. I hope he goes over. Honestly, um, yeah. Uh, there's two things I wanted to remark on because that was one of my scoops. Was you know I'm intrigued by that. Austin Theory, I'm sorry, I think. Well, that, I, I think he's just not him. I'm afraid, I think he's in Gunn's category of like, he's good, but like he's got a while to cook. I don't think he's. Necessarily, I just think they give him bad stuff to work with. Like what, what, what was the last feud he's had? Other than the Cena thing, which kind of made no sense because Cena wasn't there only one week. What feud did? What was the last feud Austin Theory had? With Seth. Seth? Was that six months ago? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know that one. That one was was it my favorite? And then he had a feud with Bobby before that, right? Mm-hmm. And it feels know, like he defends against the same people constantly. <laughs> but what is that doing for anybody? Like, in, in this match, per se, what did anything that they did do for him? You know what? We thought about Seth Rollins needing the brand split. Not the brand split, but the draft. But Theory. Theory yeah. needs to get drafted, too, man. He needs some new opponents. But he's champion, so what are you gonna do? Gunther over there, yeah. Put Gunther on Raw. Yeah, Gunther's kind of ran through everybody on SmackDown. Hey, well, you might be onto something. I would be down for that, actually. It gives them new dance partners to work with. I hope this year too, because Triple H said it was gonna be kind of different. I hope they actually draft everyone and not like five people and then just put the rest of it on WWE. You, you want them to go through the whole roster and draft people? Yes, honestly. Oh that would gosh. It just makes much more sense in my mind. Like, have a match. I mean, you got three hours on Raw. Have a match, then do like 10 picks for both shows. Then have another match. And then do like another 10 pick. I mean, what? They have like 30 to 40, maybe 50 per roster. You could do that one night. I can't believe you just yield on Theory like that, man. That's supposed to be our boy. I mean, I like Theory, don't get me wrong, but I just, I, okay, let me ask you this, because this is what I was thinking to myself. Braun Breaker or Austin Theory, who do you genuinely see being a world champion before, or sooner? Oh, Theory. 
You think so? By a long shot, though? Well, not by a long shot. Maybe a year or two before Braun Breaker, but I think potential-wise, I can see Theory becoming a bigger star than both. I can see it, man. I, I'm still not giving up hope. I'm still not. I can see it somewhere in there. He's good. I just, I don't know if it's the booking or something. He's been dance partners, man. He's been in, he's stagnant on Raw. It happens. He needs an opportunity on SmackDown. We'll see. I'll give him a shot. I think that's what they need to do, though, because Gunther also needs new people. He's, He's like the whole opposite of a theory at this point. Like you can see Gunther having a championship match with Roman Reigns, believable. Oh, absolutely. But you can't really see that with theory at the moment. No. Um, and then the last thing I just wanted to mention, and this really doesn't pertain to this match, is just when I noticed it. The announcers just have no emotion. It was like, can the champ get back into this? And then they just, you know, Raw rolls on, and then they cut a commercial break. I don't know, man. I guess I just missed the days of JR. My God, Theory's down, and is he going to be able to get back up? And then it cuts to commercial or something like that. I mean, Dadgum, is it that hard to just actually sound like you want to be there? The wrestling world is in dire need of some good play-by-play commentators. There's like three... And two of them aren't even on major network television. Who you think of? Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman. Yeah, yeah, I like those guys. Uh, Ian's the play-by-play, though, right? Yeah, Ian's play-by-play. I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think color commentary is the problem. I think it's just the play-by-play that needs some reworking with all the major companies. Yeah. I like Taz, but he's color mainly. Michael Cole is he's okay sometimes. He might be my favorite play by play guy at this point, man. That's sad because I hated Michael Cole. <laughs> now, I'm still not a big Michael Cole fan, but when you line him up to other turds, I mean he looks like the more enticing turd, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean who else? It's definitely not Corey. Definitely not Excalibur. Well, Corey's a Corey's a color. Color guy, it's my play-by-play guys. They actually call the action. You think it's Patrick? I thought Corey does more. No, it's Patrick. Uh, I don't think I don't think it's Corey because Corey's usually the the heel commentator, the um, the color guy. That's usually. I don't think there's ever been a a heel color guy unless you count Michael Cole's little run in 2010, 2009. Hmm. I don't know. I I guess maybe it is Kevin Patrick. Well, he's definitely at the bottom of the list, even worse than Excalibur. He is intolerable. Let me bring back uh, Morrow. I know you weren't watching at the time, but he had a lot of emotion when he was commentating. Is that the one at NXT? NXT, and he, uh, he commentated 2016, 2017 SmackDown. He was great. Mm. Where is he at now? He commentates uh, uh, boxing and stuff like that. Combat sports. Oh, well. That's what he was before WWE. He's good. I can't necessarily say that I blame him either. But I don't know. I mean, think about Do people not grow up like wanting to be announcers? Or does WWE just not 
like higher. I think the problem is, is they try to emulate Michael Cole, and that's not who you should emulate. No, ever. No, and I believe Michael Cole has a hand in producing all these commentators. Like, doesn't he? Does doesn't he um like teach classes to these commentators in NXT when they're coming up? Oh, I guess I don't, you you're more you're well versed on the topic more than me. Well, he's usually on headset for NXT for the commentator, so I I don't want to point the finger at Michael Cole because this is how Vince wanted him to commentate. But I don't know, man. The, the, the whole wrestling landscape needs some reworking when it comes to commentating. Well, speaking of uh, the wrestling world needing some reworking, Trish Stratus was out here to uh, verse her transgressions about the women's wrestling world and the fact that she has not received enough credit. Uh, basically, she was going over uh, her issues with Becky and saying that Becky was taking all the claim for the women's revolution and she never once stopped to thank Trish. And so Trish came back to be buddy-buddy with her to see if maybe that would get her to thank her and she still... Did it so, uh, excuse me, sorry. Trish was uh, promptly pissed and beat her up. And I think we have two different thoughts on this here. So, honestly, I thought this was a decent promo. I enjoyed it. I thought she had a good closing line that she, I'm not a nostalgia act. I'm not your childhood fantasy. You know, I'm Trish Stratus. I'm the greatest women's wrestler of all time. I don't know. I didn't hate it, but maybe some of it got cut out of the Hulu version. I mean, I was stratified too, but she made some valid points. She came out looking only the way she could look. And I don't know, man. I felt like it kind of droned on a little long, but it wasn't a bad promo. It's just if we could have trimmed like two or three minutes, I think it would have been a lot better. But overall, I think she did well for somebody that's not been a heel in 18 years. I mean, she handled the crowd well. She changed changed up her cadence and how she was talking when they started doing the wet chants. Yeah. That's, that's how you know she's a pro if she, if she does that. But yeah, man, I didn't hate the segment. I, I thought it was fine. I was good. You were stratified? Um, I, bet. I was stratified, yeah. Yeah. It gave us some valid reasons of why she... Did what she did last week, too. That's what I thought. If anything else, I was like, okay, I can see this. I can buy this promo of why that would genuinely make someone mad and not like, you were a bad friend to me or something stupid like that. But, um, the. Are you, are you buying the rumors that Becky is going Hollywood on us? Oh, no. I, that's a work. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's people out there, you know, those random Twitter accounts out there saying she would do well on in Hollywood. And she changed her, her, her handle on Twitter to her real name. Micah. Like Drew. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, just like him. I don't know. I'm not buying that at all. I think it's just a work playing off of, you know the internet marks and the IWC and 
me and my friend Mark. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I didn't think anything about it when I first saw it. I don't think there's any way Becky Lynch leaves WWE. At least, definitely not in the middle of her contract. But she had one year left after after this. Maybe after that, but I don't think she's gonna throw a fit right now. She was just at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, she's got a kid, Micah. Uh, she's done pretty much everything there is to do in WWE as a women's performer. So I don't think it would be that out the realm of possibility that she would leave. I don't know. We'll see. But I definitely don't think it's going to be right now. I think she had a foot injury. That's why she wasn't at Raw. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot that part about it, too. I will not be at Raw tonight. Um, the, <laughs> I didn't want to bury the lead there. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that I didn't really like, or I guess not that I didn't like about this segment, but a more just weight on the back of my mind. I know this match is going to be rotten because I'm so sorry, but Trish just don't have it anymore. Oh, come on. Yes, she did. Yeah, yeah, Brian matches were a delight, but <laughs> you me having those matches in 2023, so I don't want to see it. you, sly dog. Nah, her and Lita <laughs> had good matches. Her and Jacqueline, <laughs> Victoria. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They had some classic pudding bowl matches. Oh, I can't forget about those. <sighs> we'll move on. Raw rolls on. And it moves on to the main event. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and uh, your your boy Riddle versus Judgment Day, Dominic Finn, and Damian Priest. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't write anything down for this one. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was just a six-man tag match. I had fun watching it. I did like the post-match segment, but as you alluded to earlier, there was 18 brawls, so when you see the 17th one, you're like, well, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was a fun match, man. It's been a while since we had a six-man tag match as the main event. That's true. I thought that was was a nice little change-up. Riddle, man, I... I know you hate on Riddle, but he he is really good in the ring, and he always uh, excites me when he's in there. His style is so much different than everybody else, too. He ain't winning me over. Uh, it's going to take a while. Hey, hey, he turns heel. And turns into that Shawn Michaels-like heel that you want him to be this whole time. You're going to change your tune, buddy. Well, I'll be I'll be waiting for it. Till then, he's skippable TV. You want me to paint your fingernails like a little riddle after that? Yeah, you know, I might. We can share nail polish. Well, uh, depending, I've heard about his uh, endeavors outside of the wrestling world. I might not want to share nail polish with him. <laughs> I ain't got who he's hanging out with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, not a bad match. I I don't really know what else to close it up with. To be honest with you, man, we dog walk a lot, but. As far as like moving stories along, they did that this week. <laughs> there was a show long storyline that they had, and there was some new elements and stories that we have had after WrestleMania. So I don't know. I think this, as far as the recent Raws, I think this is one of the stronger ones. Mm, 
I think I think the in ring stuff was good, and you're right, it didn't move stories along. It did what it needed to do. Not every Raw is gonna be a home run. Same with Dynamite. Um, but I mean, it moved pretty much every major story. I would like to have seen something happen for Theory, obviously. But another story came out of that match, so I guess I can give him a pass for that. And honestly, all the matches were pretty good. Yeah. Raw, man, we had like two or three that was pretty solid. Yeah. Miz and Seth probably takes my match of the night, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah, So, all in all, um, what would you give Raw... A rating. I, I gotta remember to do this for Dynamite SmackDown. We always do it for Raw and then we don't do it for anything else. Because we end up talking about Dynamite for two hours and we just want to get the review over with. But yeah. I don't know, man. This week, I, I'm going with a solid seven for Raw. I'll go seven. Eh, I'll meet you there. That sounds good. I mean, Nothing crazy, nothing uh, completely unwatchable. And maybe if I had to sit there for three hours and watch it, I would have put it a little lower. But, hey, the hour and a half version, that's always a win in my book. You somehow have watched everything in the hour and a half version. I don't know how you did it. The only thing that we missed was um, Bianca and Dakota. and There was a tag, women's tag match that. We didn't cover either. Oh, well. Both of those are very skippable. Very skippable, man. I'd so. say. Shucks. I, I would have stuck around for those. <laughs> nah, there ain't no way. <laughs> they would have been skipped anyways. It would have been an hour and a half. Um, but It needs to be done after this, too. Did anything develop with them? I know they did some stuff last week. Uh, Bianca uh, beat Dakota Kai in the one-on-one match while Bailey and EO was at ringside. And Bailey just looked distraught and looked like she was disappointed in Dakota. She didn't even try to help her in the match. So it's looking like they they are going for Splitsville. And uh, I assume that's going to be after the EO-Bianca match, which EO has no shot of beating Bianca, but it should be a good match. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. But um, before we get to that, we've got Dynamite SmackDown to talk about this week. So make sure to tune in uh, later this week with us or our Dynamite Smackdown review, make sure to check us out. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Go read our comments and watch how Ryan sets the world on fire with his bold takes. And uh, watch people tell us that wrestling is fake and we don't know it yet. Um, But all in all, a pretty solid uh, start to the week. Let's hope they finish it up good. And, yeah, we'll be back. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening, and have a great one.